Steve Trundolo and Breck Shea waited a long time to get back on the field, and their wishes were answered this past weekend. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, Garrett. We're uh, we're about a week out from MLS Cup, and uh, you know we're waiting for the big game to, to wrap up the season. Mm-hmm. But there's still plenty. There's still plenty to talk about uh, outside of the MLS circle. You're exactly right. Big weekend for the Americans abroad. Lots of. Uh, news headline grabbing performances especially well first off i was t-minus four days till you and i meet so that's also important <laughs> you will how many days is it now five think, days I'm not, exactly, I'm not exactly it's fine oh well yeah that's right we'll, we'll meet the, we'll meet before that friday but uh yeah I, I can't say i was counting the days down for that but uh oh, i'm counting down the days i think everyone else is too <laughs> not really i doubt it <laughs> uh Ivis, as i was saying though Steve Trondolo, a couple weeks ago we were talking about him, a player that we were saying, you know, he might finally be on the outside looking in, even though before we were talking about the possible getting back, if he can get back to fitness, get on that plane to Brazil. And then all of a sudden gets an injury. We don't know what's going to happen. This past weekend comes on, makes an appearance in stoppage time. First appearance for Hanover this year for him. I mean, that's big news for a guy that we've talked about, if, if healthy, can fight and get away to go to Brazil. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people realize that that he still does have a chance but it's contingent on him getting back on the field uh playing regularly becoming a fixture for Hanover like he's been for so many years uh the, you know this cameo late in this game uh you know they they, they won this weekend against Eintracht Frankfurt I mean it was just a you know a brief brief cameo so I mean it, it's not like you could take away anything from it as far as where he is playing wise but I just think more from a symbolic standpoint the fact that you know he's back He's back in uniform. He got on the field. I mean, it was a, it was only a month ago when it looked like there maybe there might be another setback and maybe another surgery. Uh, clearly, that proved to be a false alarm, and here he is now, a lot closer than some of us might have thought he'd be uh, going into the new year. So, if he can keep building on that, if he can get in back into the starting lineup, I think then we really can start seeing him as maybe as an option. But at the same time, remember he's thirty four years old. There's no telling how his form is going to be when he finally does get to that point. Cause you know, it's been six months since he, since he played. So, and you know, a player, his age uh, might not be, not might not be as easy for him to, to get it back to, to regain the form that he once had. So uh, that one will bear watching it. But again, it's still a good, it's a great first step just to see him take that, that step on the field. Exactly. And- <laughs> Sorry. You're exactly right. And he does have a little bit of competition now with the emergence of Brad Evans. Yes, some people don't want him to go to Brazil. Okay, yes, we, we understand that argument. Eric Lehigh, possibility there too. So it's not, yes, you, you'd like to see him compete for that. The other guy we mentioned in the beginning of the show, Ivis, Breck Shea, came off the bench, didn't really do much in his 30 minutes, but still very positive to see him getting some minutes. Right. I mean, he you know he has started to get, make the substitutes bench. Uh, and now this next step, I mean, obviously they got blown out in that game by Everton. But, you know, I think it's still significant for him to get on the field, get some minutes. Uh, and especially coming off of that, that promising performance against Scotland mm-hmm. where he came off the bench and, and, and provided a good spark. 
you know, obviously he didn't do well as a starter when he played when he started against Austria the next game. But you know, I think it just you know this could be a, a significant step for him if he keeps getting playing time, keeps himself in that picture because we all have figured it out by now. Jurgen Klinsmann really, really likes what he brings. He, he 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 rates him as a player. He sees him as some an option he can bring off the bench. That doesn't mean he's you know it doesn't mean he's got a ticket to Brazil just yet. He's got a ways to go, and there's a lot of competition uh, uh, in the in the wing midfield area on the U.S. in the U.S. player pool. But I think above all, he has to get playing time, whether it's with Stoke or whether it's on loan. And I think if anything, maybe now. If he's going to start getting minutes for Stoke, then they won't need to be alone, and and hopefully he can stay in the Premier League. I was just going to say that when we we talked about this before, what does Brexit do? And it's very important, especially with the World Cup at at this point. What I was six months away for guys to be getting playing time, especially like you said, a guy like Brexit because he's not going to be a for sure lock in to go to Brazil going into that transfer window. I mean, what do you think is the best move for him? But let's say okay, he gets another game here or there. I mean, what happens if he sticks it out in Stoke and gets nothing? I mean, should he still look for a loan? Well, it's not really up to him. It's up to the club and what they want to do with him. I mean, they they paid the money. They, they paid the transfer fee. He's their property, and, and I don't think he's in a position to really dictate uh, what he wants to do. Uh, you know, having said that, I think if he, if, if he wasn't getting any playing time and had no shot of seeing the field, it'd probably be, it probably would be easier for him to, to, to kind of get out of there, get on a loan. But I think if, if now Mark Hughes has shown that he wants to get a look at him. He wants to use him coming off the bench. He ha- he is in that mix for playing time. Then then it's a little trickier because I I, I don't see him leaving. I don't I don't see Stoke uh, you know uh, moving him along. I you know I do think Maurice Adu is a player who you know want to talk when you want to talk about Stoke City. Maurice Adu is definitely a player who can and should and most likely will move in the winter. But Breck Shea's situation is a little trickier. I think the next month is going to really tell us where he stands. I was staying in England, moving over. Josie out the door, dressed, but did not see any playing time. Now you're hearing the cries of some people saying that this move is as bad as expected. What's going on? Well, I mean, I think what it boils down to is the new manager, Gus Poyet, is going to play a five-man midfield. And uh, if he's going to do that, you know, Stephen Fletcher's there. He's their lead striker. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, an, he's an established player. In the Premier League, so when you want to talk about the matchup between Fletcher and Altador, Altador is going to lose out there at least for now, uh, just because Fletcher is a more established player. And unfortunately for Altador, Sunderland's midfield has been so bad and has under underachieved and underperformed that Gus Poyet doesn't have the luxury of playing a four four two and putting Fletcher and Altador out there together because the midfield just isn't going to produce enough. The midfield is not going to create enough chances. Uh, we've seen that already. So, so it's a tricky situation, you know. How do you get those guys on the field? And, uh, you know, I, I know there's already some panic mode going on among U.S. fans, um, and and rightfully so. I mean, you really have to wonder how are things going to change. I mean, is someone gonna go, are they going to go improve their midfield in the, in January? Are they going to go try to add, you know, some quality there because clearly they need some, or will they sell Altidore or loan Altidore? I don't, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't see them moving Altidore. Just because when a club spends the money that they spent to, to buy a player like him, you don't move him after a half season. I just don't see that happening. So I think he is in a situation where he's going to have to keep fighting for minutes. He might he might not become a regular starter unless he gets takes full advantage of the minutes he does he does get and starts scoring some goals. I mean, he has zero goals right now. And as much as you can say, 
you know, it, it, there is some question about the service. Uh, the players around him have not really produced, and, and it's not like he's been squandering tons of quality chances. He hasn't. The, the chances haven't been coming, but at a certain point as a forward, you need to be able to come up with a few goals here or there. You, ha- you just have to do it, and he hasn't done it yet. And uh, and that's why he's in a situation he's in, and, and it's definitely scary if you're a U.S. fan and you see him have the dreaded DNP coach's decision where, you know, he's on the bench and he doesn't mm-hmm. get on the field. Uh, that's a little scary, but at the, at the same time, I still think he's a good player. Uh, I think if given the opportunity, he can he can make some things happen. But I tell you what, man, that Sunderland midfield, I don't think it matters who you are. I don't. It's, it's not like Fletcher scoring a ton of goals either. So uh, that's that's the tough part there is that their midfield just is not getting the job done. Uh, moving over to Germany, Jermaine Jones had one of the goals of the year nominees for the Americans abroad. Very good for him to end on a high note after you could say arguably his worst two performances for the U.S. men's national team in November. I don't know about his worst two, but it, it definitely wasn't two good ones. I mean, were, he, he struggled. No, no question about it. I know some people questioned that first game, the Scotland game, and whether or not he struggled there. I thought he struggled there. I, I think most people agree he struggled against Austria. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was good to see him kind of turn it around and, and put in a, a good showing uh, for Schalke to kind of remind us all the quality that he does have and that he can bring to the table. I still question if he's 100% healthy. Is there if his knee is, is is giving him some trouble? Does he is he, does he need some surgery? Uh, we won't know that probably for some time, but I think it is a little encouraging to see him show once again that he does have quality. And and I know I know a lot of people have written him off. I you know I, even for me, I'm ready to look at other options uh, to start next to Michael Bradley. But yeah, we can't forget it, folks. The guy does have quality. He does play. You know he does play. You know at a pretty in a in a top league for a good team. And as Landon Donovan, uh, you know, as he did the uh, Jermaine Jones impression on TV, you know, Jermaine is a Champions League player. So, you know, there you go. You know, and that's exactly right. See, the problem is we hold Jermaine Jones to a higher status than the other players. I mean, he plays for Schalke. He plays in the Champions League. We expect him to be one of the better players. So when he struggles, I mean, of course, we're going to jump all over him. Right. I mean, I I, I agree. I mean, I I think when it comes down to it, he he when he's off his game, he's really off. Yeah. Like when he doesn't play well, it's ugly. Like it's really it's it's. I mean, there's a difference between guys who you know maybe they don't play well in there; they're a little invisible. But when he doesn't play well, I mean, we're talking about turnovers galore, really Bad fouls, being, right? Really being a detriment to the team. So I think that's where it's a little tougher to take when you see him, you know, going through those rough patches that he goes through. Well, speaking of the Americans abroad, Ivis, there was some speculation a little earlier this week that Landon Donovan and Omar Gonzalez would go over on a loan to Europe, but Bruce Arena quickly crushed that speculation. Right. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, Arena came out and said neither one of those guys is going to go out on a loan, and you can't really blame them for, for wanting to take that stance, especially with Gonzalez. So you remember the fiasco with yeah. him in Germany and, and tearing his ACL <laughs> On the first day of training at Nuremberg, and uh, you know, so so from that standpoint, you just signed a guy to a, a big DP contract. There's absolutely no need to go send him out on loan. As far as Landon Donovan, you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who just a year ago needed a break, a mental break. So maybe now is not the time to go th- throw him back to the wolves. Uh, you know, get him back in there in Europe. And you know what? They're going to have this January camp, this extended camp that's going to take place in the U.S. and in Brazil. Uh, there will be opportunities there for playing time, and 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 uh, and I think a good, a, a good kind of stopgap for those uh, MLS players, you know, who have the slightly longer 
uh, off season. So, I, you know, I think from, from that standpoint, I don't, I don't think there's any issue whatsoever with those guys not getting loans. Having said that, there are going to be obviously other guys who do get loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I talked to Graham Zusi uh, before the the Eastern Conference Final, and and he he pointed that out as as something that's a possibility for sure for him. Uh, so, I, you know, I could see absolutely he he be a player that that could benefit from that, uh, you know, getting that experience playing at a, at a, at a higher level, uh, helping him going into 2014. So I think there are going to be a few players that go on loan, uh, a few MLS players that go on loan in January. But I think when you talk about guys like Donovan Gonzalez and maybe even a Clint Dempsey, you have to ask yourself, what, what's, what, what do you really get out of it? Would he maybe not be better off just taking a break, an extended break, recharging the batteries and getting ready for the upcoming season and World Cup. It, you're exactly right. especially with Landon Donovan. I mean, he's still not 100% healthy. I, I think having a healthy Landon Donovan is better than watching him go back to Everton or those ridiculous rumors that he would go to Manchester United. <laughs> Way to bring those back up. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, dude, I love as soon as like boys went over there, it was like, oh, Donovan's going to United, book it, stamp it. I was like, what? Yeah, dude, it, was, it was like drugs. What it, are you talking it, about? It, it, it's, it was pretty silly. It was pretty silly. But <sighs> I tell you what, the Clint Dempsey one's going to be interesting because, I mean, I think anyone that watched him could tell that he was worn out uh, while yeah. he was at Seattle and, and he needed a break. And now he's gotten, here's the thing now, Seattle season's been over for a while now. So he's probably looking at him ha- having almost two months off. So, Maybe maybe a loan wouldn't be the worst thing for him to, to kind of get back up to a higher level. For me, I, I don't I would I would not uh, suggest a loan for him if only for the fact that let the guy have a, a proper preseason with his new team. I think that's really important. And you know, obviously you can include him in the January camp if you want. Uh, but when it comes down to February and, and then MLS teams are getting together for their preseasons, uh, I think it's pretty important for 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 Clint Dempsey to. Get get in there, get into a training camp with his with his teammates, get familiar with them, uh, and, and establish a rhythm. And, and and I think that will help him more than going on loan somewhere, risking injury, and 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 taking time away from developing relationships, developing uh, an understanding with the guys on his own team on on the Sounders. So I, I think if it were up to me, I, I'd tell Clint, you know, take it easy. You know, you don't need to go on loan this offseason. Uh, as far as you mentioned Graham Zuzzi, we mentioned the, the main guys. Do you see anyone else moving going over, maybe some younger guys, maybe not going on loan but going to train with a team in Europe? And Anyone else do you think? Well, training, you're going to get a bunch of those. I mean, I don't think that's the question. I mean, that's that's happened for years. That's not a new thing. That's not a Jurgen Klinsmann thing as much as I, I think he would love for the perception to be that it's him and he's driving that, because, but that's not the case at all. Uh, yeah, I think there are going to be some guys. I think Amobi Akugo is an example of someone who – who could definitely benefit from move uh, uh, some training time overseas? Uh, you know, some some of the younger guys like a Jose Villarreal, or, or maybe Jossie Zardis, or uh, or Zach McMath in Philly as well. I think I think it's pretty safe to say that he'll be he'll be going over. Bill Hamid obviously has already gone over. Um, so you're going to have your share of younger Americans that are going to go uh, continue that trend that's gone on for a few years now of young Americans going over and, and getting training opportunity. Obviously, the Chicago Fire have their deal, their arrangement with Atletico Madrid. So we've seen that kind of, uh, you know, be taken advantage of. So I, I think we'll see those things. I'll, 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 I'll say I've said it once. I'll say it again. Listen, folks, just because a guy is training somewhere does not mean a move is happening or a, a deal is pending or it's a trial. It's not. These are not trials. I mean, they're, they're not. They're training stints. And look, obviously, if you blow someone away. 
maybe a club would have some interest in signing a guy, but that's not the ultimate purpose of these of these training stints. The ultimate purpose is to give them experience training at a higher level. That's what it's about. So I, I think people should be careful not to get caught up in any any hysteria that might surface if we get if we get some of the more high profile young American players uh, getting some juicy loan uh, some juicy training opportunities. Uh, I was one of the bigger uh, headlines over the Thanksgiving weekend. There weren't many, but this one had a little blip. Uh, it was an interesting one. Sacramento Republic FC. It's a USL pro team that starts play in 2014. They went out saying that they want to make the jump to MLS in 2016. And on the last show, Ivis, we talked to the having ambition is a good thing. This is interesting with Sacramento. I've yet to play a game. Uh, I mean, what do you make of them and their bishop for never playing a game and already saying that they want to go to play MLS in 2016? Well, you can't not. I mean, you can't be too mad at them. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, they obviously have the their their ambitions, but yeah, you know, I don't know how much how much how seriously you take it or. or I think you need to let them operate a team first and show what they can do before it even is something that can even be even seriously considered. You know, I think it's optimistic. Uh, but again, hey, Orlando City, you know, when they started out of the gate, uh, you know, I think I think the, re- the reaction to them was a little bit similar. It was a little like, eh, you know, Orlando, really? Okay. Well, you know, you guys seem pretty ambitious, but this doesn't seem realistic. And obviously, we, here we are, and, they, and they're, headed, they're headed to MLS. I, I think Sacramento... I think they have a lot to prove, still a lot to show. Uh, so it's still early to to try to make anything of, of that that latest development. Well, it, actually, and I remember the ambition we talked about was Vancouver going for Bob Bradley. And if anyone didn't listen, obviously, and I did a show uh, over the weekend, but did, reports did came out that Vancouver uh, did talk to Bob Bradley about possibly offering him their new uh, head position. Right. For those of you who missed it, uh, who were too busy covering from your. Your Thanksgiving meals, and uh, you didn't get to listen to our last show. Bob Bradley reportedly has interviewed with Vancouver for their head coaching job. I have got that, gotten that confirmed from my own sources. It, it is legitimate. Uh, the the province in Vancouver reported it. They're pretty, you know, they, they they're the best at, at, on that Whitecaps beat. So you, you can trust that report. And uh, you know, it's it, it, I think it, that might have come in a, as a shock to some people because I, I don't think people thought, A, that Bob Bradley was interested in coming back to MLS, and B, that Vancouver would be a team that'd be in, on, on his radar. But clearly, you know, there are talks. I mean, at this point, that's all it is. But it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Vancouver really does, uh, you know, break the bank and, and, and really hand the keys over uh, to, to Bob Bradley. And for me, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. If you can do it, you do it. The guy's track record in MLS is, is, is quality. I mean, he won a title in Chicago. He he had the most success anyone ever had with Chivas USA. He took uh, you know the, the Metro Stars to a U.S. Open Cup final, and, and you know they they had their ups and downs uh, while he was there. But I think he's over the course of his career in MLS. I think he's shown he's one of the better coaches in the history of the league. So if you can hire him, you hire him. Uh, as I said the last show, what, what, what seems a little surprising to me is that is the seeming lack of interest in Bob Bradley among American teams. Um, from what I understand, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if any team in any of the teams that had coaching op, uh, openings or that have coaching openings have actually inquired about Bob Bradley. So that, I mean, that is a little surprising to me, and it makes me wonder well, just what that's what that's about. Yeah, well, why is that? Do you think they think it would maybe cost too much money to bring him in, or the fact that they assume that his sights are set on Europe, regardless? What? Why, why would that be? I couldn't tell you, man. I could. I, you know what? MLS is a strange place when it comes to, 
you know, who 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 stays in the mix, who who falls out of the mix, you know, coaches. I mean, I know I've known coaches that had really good track records, and then for whatever one whatever one reason or another, they never get another opportunity. I actually, uh, when I was in Kansas City for the Sporting KC uh, second leg uh, victory against Houston, I ran into Octavio Zambrano, uh, who you know, for those of you who who are who are pretty young and don't remember, <clears throat> he was the former coach of the Los Angeles Galaxy, also a former coach of uh, the Metro New York Metro Stars. And he he had a really good track record during those years. I mean, his LA Galaxy team was one of the best attacks in the history of the league. I mean, we're talking about quality, free-flowing attacking soccer. Now, when in, when Zabrano was in New York, he uh, he coached the the Metro Stars and at the, this, the team that we now know as the Red Bulls, and he coached them in 2000 when they had arguably the best team that that club has ever had up until this year. This year, obviously, the the Red Bulls won the Supporters Shield, but he coached the 2000 team that had Clint uh, Mathis. Uh, Adolfo Valencia, young Tim Howard, uh, Mike Petke on the back line, uh, a really good team. So, you know, Otavio Zambrano real, did a really good job at both those places. But then once he once he left New York, once he, he got after three years, he got he got let go by New York. He never got another opportunity. I mean, just completely frozen out for years and years and years and never really made sense to me. Uh, and he didn't really resurface in MLS until he took an assistant coaching job in Sporting Kansas City. Uh, uh, well, well, then the Kansas City Wizards with Peter Vermees, uh, and he helped Peter Vermees kind of you know lay the foundation for the team that we see now. So, uh, you know, so that's just an example of a coach who you know by all accounts should be getting considered for jobs, but he, you know for whatever reason doesn't happen. So uh, with Bob Bradley, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you why. You know, it seems like at least that he's not getting more interest, but maybe the salary is an issue. Maybe I think. You know, people are people fully aware. He coached the U.S. team. He made he made a lot of money relative to MLS. He made a lot of money as U.S. national team coach. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe teams just think you know he'll cost us too much money. It's not even worth going after him. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, personally, like we talked about this last show, I think you and I would both like to see him land a, land a job somewhere in Europe. Right. I, th- I think it in a, in a, if on a certain level it would be disappointing if he came back to MLS. But at the same time, it'd be good to see him kind of flex his muscles again as a coach. And Vancouver, yeah. you could do worse than Vancouver. Vancouver has some good young talent there uh, to work with. So you know, you, you know, if he if he does take that job, now you're talking about a coach. If you if you need a if you need a coach to straighten out Darren Maddox, if you need a coach to figure out how to best use Kakuta Mane, uh, then you could do worse than Bob Bradley. I mean, Bob Bradley coached Demarcus Beasley when he first came into the league. He knows how to work with young talent. He's developed it before. Obviously, Michael Bradley, his son, he he gave him his start as a, as a starting midfielder in New York. So that might be an interesting one. But the question again: Will Vancouver spend the money? And it's not going to be cheap. Well, Ivis dropping down a division. Bob Bradley used to coach college soccer. The College Cup's going on this weekend. It's the third round happened on Sunday night. We recap the second round. Big upset. Sunday night, Ivis UConn knocked off number one UCLA on PKs, and that is when you talk about upsets. That's a pretty big upset. All right, let me stop you right there once again. UCLA was the number one seed, talented team, no question about it. But in this day and age, this this particular year, there were no true juggernauts in the college game. There were no, uh, un, you know, unstoppable force type teams. I mean, UCLA for as decent as they were, as good as they were. They were still a flawed team. They were a young team. 
playing with a lot of young guys early in the season that definitely you know caught up exposed them a bit early on they they got better as the year went on but you know they they ran into a UConn team that's a very good team and, and here's the thing about UConn right UConn was not a seeded team but the reason they weren't a seeded team is because this year they moved away from the Big East Conference uh, to, to, to the American Athletic Conference, and, and that really hurt their RPI, uh, which is the rating system that, that, that the, the tournament committee uses to see teams. So even though this UConn team was, was still a lot of the same guys that were part of the, the Big East team last year, uh, it, it, that didn't matter. What mattered was the RPI. So it was a little, it was a little bit of a misleading. Uh, when you look at it, you might say, oh, one, a number one seed loses to an unseeded team. It's a it's it's a shocking shocking upset, not really. I mean, look at UConn. I mean, UConn has the best goalkeeper in the country, Andre Blake. They have one of the best freshman strikers in the country, and Kyle Lahren, who scored two goals in, in this game, and who, if he comes out, is going to be a top ten pick, Generation Adidas player. Uh, they have Mamadou Diouf, who, who tore the Big East up a year ago. He was uh, you know he was one of the leading scorers in the country playing in the stacked Big East a year ago. So this is a team with talent. This is a team that this is not, you know, <clears throat> no offense to anybody, this is not some small small school, uh, you know, UMBC or, or something like that, or Navy that, you know, no pedigree, uh, no real MLS uh, prospects. So that, that's why I say, you know, you can't really say this was a huge upset. It was an upset, but not, not really a huge upset. Uh, around the College Cup, 10-man Virginia defeat Marquette 3-1. to one. If anyone wants to watch a sick volley, check out that game. Darius Madison had one of the coolest volleys you ever see in that game. Uh, Pac-12, Ivis, three teams moved, I'm sorry, two teams moved on from there. I mean, when you look at the rest of the College Cup, I mean, did anything else stand out to you? Any impressive performances? Well, I, you know, one of the one of the games that stood out for me uh, one, and one, was one of the games I definitely was looking forward to in this, in this, in this round was Michigan State-Georgetown. And Georgetown was the favorite, but Michigan State, quality team, very strong defense. They were always going to have a chance in that game, and, and they and they were able to shut down Georgetown. And that was the going into this match. The question would be, was always going to be Georgetown's Georgetown's attack versus Michigan State's defense. At the end of the day, Michigan State's defense won that battle. Uh, you know, when you talk about Kevin Cope, uh, their center back, their star center back, and then and then obviously their goalkeeper, junior goalkeeper. Uh, Tyler Miller, one of the best uh, goalkeepers in the nation, they got the job done, uh, shutting down Georgetown 1-0. I mean, a Georgetown attack with Brandon Allen and Steve Newman, you got to take your hats off to Michigan State to be able to shut that team out. And now they, they and, and their reward for that is a, a, round, a, a round of eight matchup against Notre Dame, who is looking really, really good right now uh, after beating up on Wake Forest in a shootout. They beat them 4-2. Well, yeah, and Navis, you're exactly right. When you look at the Elite Eight here, we're on the final eight teams. There are, the games are going to be played on Saturday. As far as the teams that are left, I mean, who are you going to be paying attention to the most as has a serious chance to win the national title? Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's tough. Out of, out, of these, out of these teams, I don't know if I want to say any of these teams has no chance. I mean, I think, you know, if you want to say who's the, the biggest long shot to, to, to do something— uh, I'd argue New Mexico, and, and I know I know I know most people might look at UConn <clears throat> and say UConn because they're unseated. But I've already explained the whole seeded thing, and that's why you get you kind of have to throw that out. Uh, and, and they have way too much talent, too much star power on that team to not be taken seriously. Especially you know their next matchup is against Virginia. Virginia is a good team, but if you look at some of the other potential opponents that that 
UConn could be facing now in the in the Elite Eight. That that's probably the you know one of the easier matchups they could get. I'd say for me, the favorites are still the, the same teams. I think Maryland is a favorite. I think uh, and I think Notre Dame. I think those two teams are, are and, and, you know two teams. Okay, I know Washington is the number two seed. Uh, I think it's it's pretty you know for those who follow the college game, they're fully aware. Washington Washington is a very physical team. They grind out results. They have a flip throw specialist who who, who get helps them score on these on these you know flip throws and it's it's not let's just say it's not the beautiful it's game. college soccer man no 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 but see that's the thing it's not it's not though and that's the that and the the unfortunate part the unfortunate thing is some people think it is but it really isn't Washington really you know I I don't want to knock them too much I mean they do have some quality on the team no question about it but they don't play the most attractive soccer in the world they don't absolutely not so but. They still have they have a chance to win. They have a chance to win the whole thing. For me, though, I think when you want to talk about Maryland and Cal, that is a juicy matchup right there because Cal they have Steve, Bur- Steve Birnbaum back. They're a different team when he's on the field. He's probably arguably been the best defender in the country this year. Uh, that matchup, I mean, it's a rematch. They played earlier in the year. Cal beat Maryland, uh, which at the time would seem like a bit of a shock, but as we've seen from Cal this year, Cal really put it together. Now Maryland goes back to Cali getting their chance for revenge. And that, for me, if you look at all four of the quarterfinal matchups, that, for me, is the one that if you can if you can see any of them, that's the one you want to see because I think that's going to be a quality, quality matchup. Well, I guess that leaves the big question, Ivis. Who makes the final four? Uh, I'm going to have to go – ooh, some tough ones. I'll have to go Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to go UConn. Uh, they're rolling right now. They're playing with confidence. The thing with UConn, for those who follow the college game closely through the years – UConn has 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 lost in PKs in the NCAA tournament. I don't know how many years now. So they've kind of been cursed by PKs. This and even in the conference tournament this year, they were they lost to South Florida in PKs. But in the tournament, NCAA tournament this year, it looks like maybe they've gotten over that 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 hump, and now they figured the PK thing out. So I think they're, they're feeling pretty good about that. So I think they're going to make they're going to get the upset. They're going to get to the Final Four. I think uh, Notre Dame. I see Notre Dame getting into the Final Four. And then you have the New Mexico Washington matchup. I don't know who stops Washington in this just uh, smash ball they play. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if New Mexico is going to be the team to do it. So I'll, I'll say Washington gets in. And then that that the Maryland Cal is such a coin flip. Such a coin flip. I'm going to go Maryland though. I just think Maryland with with, with the, their attack and 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 Zach Steffen is the difference maker for me. I mean he's. I've been saying it for I don't know how long now. He, he is a star in the making. He had an outstanding game against UC Irvine in a 1-0 victory. He came up really big there. I think it's. I think he's starting to now – I think people are really starting to find out that, yes, this kid is special. And I think for me, this is a perfect example of a kind of game. And yet another game where his kind of legend can continue to grow. It's a coin flip. It could go either way. Cal could absolutely win it, but I'm going to go Maryland. I, I laugh because the way you, the, your disdain for Washington's style is just... It's not my... Listen, it's not me. It's I think it's a general... I think anyone outside of Washington, anyone who's not attached to that team somehow, would agree that they don't really play great, like, attractive soccer. They just... They play effective, efficient soccer. And you know what? They do a great job of it. So whatever... I get, you know, ultimately whatever works, works, right? And I mean, I, I remember actually seeing them a year ago against UCLA... Uh, I, was, I was in LA and I saw them play UCLA and they upset them and it was playing that same kind of soccer that you know flip throws and 
you know, physical physical brand of, of soccer. And you know what? If that can get you to a title, then then you then you do it. But I, I, for for me, I, I don't know if that's gonna. I don't I don't think that's gonna get them there. I think that they can get to the final four, no question. But beyond that, though, that that you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much you know. Once they get to the final four, I find it very difficult to see seeing them pull that off against the likes of you know Notre Dame or Cal. Uh, well, all the games will be played on Saturday, except for UConn, Virginia. That game will be played on Friday night. And you and I will be watching these games in Kansas City this weekend. Obviously, that's the big thing, MLS Cup. We also like sporting Kansas City. Ivis, what's the latest going on with uh, Kansas City? Well, as, as you all know, the uh, MLS Cup takes place on Saturday, and uh, it, it happens to be around the same time as another pretty big event in the world of soccer, the World Cup draw that's taking place on Friday. We'll touch on the World Cup draw more during the week. Uh, I think we're going to have a Tuesday show, and I think that'll be a good one uh, to really dig into the into the possibilities and permutations of the draw. I don't want to scare anybody today, but uh, I mean tonight with this episode. But I, I think most people are aware that it's a very there's a very good chance the U.S. ends up with a tough draw. I'm not saying it's impo- it's not impossible, mind you, for the U.S. to get a reasonable draw, but it's uh, the odds are uh, the odds are against the U.S. Just root uh, for right. Switzerland. Just root for Switzerland. That's what we want. Well, that'll be a help. That'll 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 <laughs> definitely be a help. But there's there's too many other teams in that pot to worry about. So, you know what? Uh, but getting back to the main subject for the for now is uh, you know obviously MLS Cup. Garrett and I will be heading to Kansas City, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be meeting up there. Uh, for those of you who missed the last show. Uh, we we let it be known the last show that unfortunately we will not be having a party uh, around MLS Cup weekend. It, was just, it just became too tough logistically to pull off. Uh, it was probably a bit ambitious on our on my part to to really think I could do it. Uh, the difference is, I mean, we did a party. I did an MLS Cup party in LA uh, two years ago. The difference then was, you know, it was uh, you know that was when MLS Cup was at a set site that people knew about months in advance. So you could kind of plan it. A little easier, a, little, a, lot, a lot more easily, actually. Uh, this time around, you know, we're all scrambling the day that Kansas City beat Houston. Uh, we're all booking our flights and getting ready then. And, and you know, the, just the two weeks between then and now just wasn't really enough to pull it off. Uh, that and also the fact that there are going to be a few parties in Kansas City this weekend, specifically on Friday. I, I know uh, I know my boys over at uh, at Bumpy Pitch uh, slash the original winger. I know they will be organizing a party on Friday. Uh, they they've been doing the MLS Cup party thing for a while now, so I'm sure they'll be doing a good job. And they're and they're and they're actually in scramble mode now too. They're they're working out the logistics on their situation. So uh, I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll be at the, at that party. Uh, there's also an MLS party uh, that takes place that night. So there's going to be a lot of party hopping going on. Um, but if you're in Kansas City uh, for MLS Cup weekend, uh, Friday, if you're going to be there on Friday. Uh, we will have a, a meetup. The plan is uh, roughly between, say, 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, Want to get together uh, at one of the downtown establishments and uh, re- hopefully record our show and definitely meet with you know the, our listeners and slash SBI readers who are in town. So right now it's just a matter of, uh, of locking down a place where we're going to have that, uh, but that will happen. So keep that in mind, and if because you, you know if you want to meet us and hang out and and and, and you know, share a drink and just talk about the game. Uh, we'll be doing that, and then obviously that night will be the big party night, so everyone can go wherever what, to whatever parties they plan on going to. So keep that in mind. 
Uh, and also, unfortunately, we're not going to get to 100 episodes. I think I think you might have figured that out by now when we're on, what is this, episode 96. So it's episode 96. We're not going to get to 100, uh, unfortunately. So we will have 100 by the end of the year, which I still think is a pretty good total for the first year. Yes, very. Uh, so you know what? It, 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 you know, Best laid plans uh, don't always work out, and uh, but we're going to make the best of it. I, th- I still think we're going to have a great time. Kansas City is a great city. Uh, always a good time there. So, you know, Garrett and I will, will, will meet up and, uh, and and have some fun out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, I, personally, I lasted, you know, 95 more shows than I expected I was going to. So that that's <laughs> a, that's a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Kansas City, and I'm really looking forward to uh, us, you and I, recording a show Friday night. We hope, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to meet anyone. I mean, the support you guys give us is, uh, has been outstanding throughout the year. I mean, this has been uh, a labor of love for Ivis and I, and it's, it's always, we've always tried to make it fun and, and make it entertaining. So, I mean, we, we, Ivis and I cannot stress how appreciative we are of everything, you know, the reviews, the listens, all that stuff. We, we, we appreciate it all. I would say this. If you plan on joining us for a hangout on Friday, if you're going to come meet us, uh, let us know. Uh, you know, send us a tweet. Uh, shoot me a tweet. Let me know. That you know, if you're planning to be in KC and, and you think you're going to join us uh, for that kind of meet and greet, uh, let us know so that way we have an idea. Uh, you know, if there are going to be people who are definitely up for that, because uh, you know, if we if the, if there's a good if there's a good sense that we're going to have a good turnout, then it'll definitely uh, definitely make for, for 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 an exciting event. Oh, definitely. Also, the plan of the week though for you and I is to get a picture of me and Alexi Lawless to see if I actually look like his love child. <laughs> well, you know what. I I think it was one of the first pictures I saw you where you did look like him, but the more and more I've seen pictures of you, I'd say probably that's probably not going to look right. I I don't think that works. We we still have to get – you never know. It could be – Well, you know what? Well, it is December now, so he's probably shaved off that that huge mustache of his. Caterpillar? Yeah, you know, the Mothra that's on his (laughs) lip. But, uh, you know – Oh, that'll actually help you because I think once he shaves that off, he looks a lot more like you. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Well, I have like a you know like a beard going, but you know since it's you know it's kind of like peach fuzz, but it's really <laughs> Is light. It a beard? Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, there's like a couple spots, but like I mean, you got to look for the spots, you know. Yeah, it's not a beard. It's not a beard. I no, it, I have to shave it every couple of days. You know. Can you see it from more than a foot away? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. All right. All right. If you say so. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, man. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to to Kansas City. And I said, yeah, we'll do a show. We'll do a preview show there. We'll do another show on Tuesday night before before we head out. So yeah, tons of uh, tons of coverage for you and I to do out there, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it should be good. Uh, we'll have uh, at least one more show before the Friday show. Uh, we're trying to figure. I mean, you know, I got to figure this out, right? So we're gonna do a show on Friday, and then we're gonna throw it up and then go party. Like that's uh, that might be tough logistically, man. I don't know. Uh, we might have to scrap the Friday show. We might do just do a Thursday show, get it out of the way, and then just do a normal meet and greet. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe we'll do a show, and then we'll have it aired on Saturday, and then do like a, a separate preview show on Thursday. Well, I I, get, maybe we'll... I I get on I get in on Thursday, so I mean we could do one Thursday night. Yeah, we might try that. Yeah, we could do that, oh, dude. I I already like stole all these like warm clothes from my parents' house. All my clothes are gonna be like <laughs> retro eighties, eighties fashion. Yeah. Is that what you normally wear, though? No, not really. Oh, dude, Aren't like, you like the biggest hipster in Arizona? No, stop, dude. That, you like the Mac? You like the Macklemore? That word? No, first off, that word has been banned on this show. 
No, but, I don't shop. At wait, hipsters? Shop been, wait, hipsters? I didn't know the word. I thought swag was a band. Well, first off, swag's been banned, but you've said it a couple times, and I called you out on it once, and you and then you denied it profusely. You're like, I never, blah, blah, blah. To, I never agreed to the banishment of the words. Yeah, yes, yes, you did. You agreed to it. I think. I, swear. It, I think. I think, I think it, your use of it was banned. Not. Not. <laughs> that is such BS. That is such. I tell you what. Here's the deal. You you can't say you can't say swag and I can't say hipster. That's fine, but I can't say no, hipster either. I got the... I got called out for saying hipster. I'm, I'm saying it now. Damn it. You can get away with it though. I no, I can't. You are a hipster. No. So you, all right, fair enough. I, I'm not. I'm just. I do own a pair of hipster glasses, by the way. So I see. I, I don't even. I don't even have that. Well, they're not really hipster glasses. But people say that. We wear they're them. We wear them to Kansas City. Uh, I mean, they're actually prescription glasses. I'm not walking around with big, you know. Glasses. Oh, they're not. They're real, so they're not fake. They're not fake. No. Uh, all right. All right. I thought you were doing like. What doesn't LeBron do that or Dwayne Wade? The guys do it. A lot of guys. Russell. Yeah. Oh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. yeah that's Kevin right. Durant. Yeah, your your boys. MLS your boys. Guys, MLS guys. I'm trying to think what MLS guys do it. I'm sure some do it. Who? I can't think of any. Ethan White, I know, does it from DC United. Um, I'm sure KC guys do it. I mean. KC KC is probably the most stylish team in the league. I think that I think they're always on the cutting edge of of style. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that is, no wait that I think that's a good thing. No, it is. It is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Aurelian Colin. Wait, is, the question is who has the um, who has the least amount of style, Ivis? Team wise? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, that's a good. You know what? I have no idea. Oh, that's stop it! Stop it! Give us a team. I really I really don't know. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm gonna get I think you in the, Red, the Red Bulls do pretty well. I think you know what Philly's a pretty well dressed team. I give them that. Uh, Houston. I mean, you know what? I mean, I, I've never really seen Houston rock it out on the dressing front. But again, to be fair, uh, I haven't been to I haven't been to a home game in Houston, so I haven't really gotten to see them wear their like normal attire. So from that standpoint, ooh man, you know see. you know a Dynamo player is gonna hunt you down this weekend. Now I just said I can't. I just said I, I really can't like that. No, see, here's the thing. Like that, that's why it's unfair for me to say Houston because <laughs> I usually only see them like when when they're the road team and when road, and road teams generally wear like the the track suits or the or the warm up suits, so they don't wear like like their regular attire. And MLS, the home teams generally the home team players they can wear their regular clothes because. They're just heading home, whereas the, the you know the, the the away teams are traveling, so they're all like wearing the same like you know tracksuit or whatever. So from that standpoint, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I go to a lot of let's see, I go to you know Philly games, I go to a lot of Red Bull games, I've got a lot of Timbers games. You know what, Timbers dress pretty well too. So Seattle, Seattle, yeah. You know what? I tell you what, I feel like all the teams that I've seen more than once at home, I feel like they all dress pretty well. So I don't know if there is a team that. That you can say, oh yeah, that team dresses pretty terribly. Nice, nice save, Ivis. Nice I'm save. just saying, I'm trying to. Think. It's tough to say a whole team, right? I mean, I guess you could say like if there's some one player. Oh, oh, really? Who's that? Oh no, I don't. I'm not saying I have a player. I'm just saying it's more likely you could find one player who's a, breed, a bad dresser as opposed to finding a whole team. I just want to get you in trouble so someone confronts you this weekend. No, no one's. <laughs> no one's confronting me, my man. No one's, I, I want someone to be like, look at my style. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, man. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up the show on that note. We, as always, we rambled way too long. Yeah, that's what we do. I think some people like the rambling. Yeah, I think so. they do. Yeah. All right. Well, I need to I need to go watch The Walking Dead. The reason why we recorded the show late is because oh, I Oh, man, I can't believe who died. <laughs> Can you believe that this guy? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, someone has to die. <laughs> well, someone has to die because in the preview, 
the governor is like, oh, when the people realize that their people are gone. So I'm assuming someone dies. <sighs> well, that's not what happened, but yeah. Anyway, I'm not even going to get Thank you for not ruining it for me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm the anti-spoiler, but yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. It's a great episode. Great yeah. episode. It sucks that you have to wait till February to see the next one. That's always the, the, the good thing about these season ending or mid-season ending episodes is that they're so good, but then you have to wait till like months to see it again. And then, and then it'll be three more episodes of just blah, and then three more episodes of awesome that'll just end all over again. Nah, yeah. I don't know. They I don't, know how to walk, keep you hooked, walking, man. The Walking Dead isn't one of those shows that I don't, I don't feel that does the whole boring setup episodes. I think they do a pretty good job giving you action every episode. Oh, see, and this is why I'm so glad I did not watch The Breaking Bad what is out. And then on, I, I binged, I told you, I binged for a whole month on The Breaking Bad. It was awesome. I didn't have to wait once. It, oh, oh. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's called Breaking Bad. It's not The Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, what the, Breaking Bad. Alright. You sound like someone's grandma talking about Breaking Bad. You watch The Breaking Bad? <laughs> like, what is that, man? <laughs> next thing you're going to be saying The MLS. And you know that's fighting. Those are fighting words. Why? It's the MLS. I, was, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's definitely. It's, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't know why that's – I have an irrational hatred. <laughs> I know you do. It's hilarious. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just – you know what? Because I've been around the league for so long and it just sounds so wrong. And, and I agree. It's like it's not that serious. But for some reason it just – it's like what are you doing? It's not the – like, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I I've dropped no the, no offense to I've dropped listen, the no, MLS a couple times. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, look, listen, no offense. Look, no offense to anyone who does it, especially those of you who are kind of new to the league, uh, <coughs> Orlando. Uh, but you know, it, 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 if you need a little time to learn that it's not the, it's cool, it's cool. Like I have no problem with that. But it's still my just kind of reaction in my brain when I hear the MLS. It's just like, okay, you don't know what you're talking about, like. What's going on with you? Hilarious idea for everyone. Tweet Ivis articles with the MLS nonstop tomorrow. Well, I'm sure there are articles out there written that way, but, you know, it just makes them look bad, not me. So, you know, he can send me all you want. I, 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 just, I just want everyone just to flood your Twitter tomorrow. That's what it is. It's, you know what? I get it. I get enough stuff, dude. You know, it's I, I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Uh,. Wrap up the show, as we said. You and I will have a show Tuesday, so Ivis, you have a good rest of the night, man, and I'll talk to you in a couple days. Yeah, man. Talk to you then. Awesome. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>